I love that. I love that. It's stuck in my head, that theme song. What's up, everyone? I'm Shafi Malik, and you're listening to the Who Dropped the Popcorn podcast. The premise is simple. One of us picks a film that we know no one else in the group has seen. The rest of the group watch the film together in their own time, and we get together here to, and discuss it. Joining me tonight is Dave McHugh. What's up? Andy Newlands. Thanks, fly basketball jam nitty gritty. You're listening to the boy from the big bad city. And all the way from the north of England, Kyle Hammond. Um, hello. Is that boring? <laughs> I'm sorry, Kyle. I ripped off your witty response. I'm sorry, man. It's all, right. it all afternoon for your intro. Went with hello. <laughs> this is jam. You should have just gone yeshka meshk. Old school. Uh, the first in the writer is Andy Newlands. He's chosen Le Mans 66, also titled for North America, Ford v Ferrari, written by brothers Jez and John Henry Butterworth and directed by James Mangold. Le Mans 66 tells the story of American car designer Carol Shelby, played by Matt Damon, and driver Ken Miles, played by Christian Bale, as they battle corporate interference and in the laws of physics to build a revolutionary race car Ford in order to defeat Ferrari in the 24 hours at the mark in 1966. So, Andy, uh, why did you choose this film? So, Easter egg for you. I actually chose uh, another film uh, for this podcast called The Good Liar with Helen Mirren. But uh, Dave, uh, for, for no reason whatsoever, just attacked me and said, <laughs> Oh, it's a terrible film. You can't do that. And I, I don't even think you've seen that film, Dave. So, an unprovoked attack. So seen it I twice. thought, right, you've seen it twice. Have you, seen, have you already seen it, Dave? Did you? Nah. <laughs> See, a liar. It's, it's honestly, like, honestly, audience members, as as you listen to us, you'll you'll get a, a feeling for how insane Dave is and what we've had to cope with. But uh, for now, I'll answer Shaki's question. I am a simpleton. I think everybody on this podcast will review. I like films that are entertaining. Um, and I thought Ford uh, versus Ferrari for our first film would be a gas. That's the reason why. Yeah, I, I don't know. Well, no, I thought you know I love Christian Bale films. You guys are you guys are always talking about Christian Bale, whether it's Batman. Dave lives his whole life by American Psycho. Um, <laughs> I like Matt Damon. I always have done since the young days of Ben Affleck. But also, as you know. I'm really into my cars, so I'm probably the car nerd of the the group. I've got um, I've got motorbikes, scooters, cars. Um, I love Formula One. I love um, I love America. I love that era as well. This was I'm sorry, <laughs> I won't go into too much detail here. But yeah, I love it. I love it. Um, I'm a bit like Richard Hammond from Top Gear. You know, I am I am that 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 cheesy middle class English person that what what wants to be uh, John Wayne. Um, but yeah, I just thought it would be entertaining. I like entertaining films, Star Wars, anything with Arnold Schwarzenegger in it. Ford what what are your me what, was... wait? Just to interrupt. What are your petrol head yeah. credentials? What my credentials? Yeah. So yeah, you know. So yeah. what? So what's my? What, what do you mean? What's my background as to being the self-proclaimed yeah. petrol head? Okay. Yeah. yeah. So. If I look back at my family history, I think it all stems from my great grandfather, who was one of the head taxi men in Jersey. So I'm talking like the 40s and 50s now. So not many people had cars, but he he did. 
Um, he didn't own any of them, but he was the main driver. Um, and my granddad, when I was growing up, always had motorbikes. The garage smelt like petrol. Uh, my uncle the same. Um, when I was 16, I got my first bike. Um, there wasn't many of us at school that, that had them, but I've always just been into them. Um, I took one to London. That was a mistake. I, I took it there. Uh, uh, went out for a meal and when I got home some bastard had stolen it so I had to get the train for the next two years um, but I just love it I think I think I don't think anyone on this group would doubt that I'm probably the main petrol head of the group unless unless of course you know you think you're more Mad Max than than me uh, but more Tom Hardy I doubt it yeah. I doubt it I doubt it. I'm the Tom Hardy. That's exactly right. I'm the Tom Hardy of, of the group. I think Kyle's more of a Citroen Picasso type man. Shafi's just, you know, got gold Mercedes. Dave doesn't even have a driving license, so I don't even know to start with that one. Um, I just want to point out, Andy, I'm a Citroen C3 yeah. is what I own, not a Citroen. Oh, Citroen. Holy shit, I got the brand right, though. That's yeah. mental. <laughs> so, um, so, yeah, and then the other main reason was I needed to watch this film. So it's very rare that I'll get, like, two to three hours to sit down and watch a film because uh, my kids are quite young. So I needed something that I could watch with my wife. Um, and yeah, this film ticked a lot of boxes for uh, being a film that you can watch uh, as a couple, albeit I think it's probably been enjoyed more by men. So I'll go into that in a moment, but that's my very long-winded uh, answer to what was a quite simple question. So sorry about the uh, length <laughs> no, of time right. on that's that That's good. How, how aware were you of the story um, you know, before watching the film? Uh, I, I was only aware from what I'd seen on Top Gear. So 10 to 15 minutes worth of James May over the last decade uh, talking about uh, Enzo Ferrari, you know, storming out of the boardrooms because of the racing rights against Ford and then Ford's uh, monumental war. It was a war, basically, between two two companies to shift more motors through uh, through the uh, advertising of the racing rights, I guess. Um, but but I'm not going to lie, I didn't know the um, intricate, granular detail. Um, I just knew it was going to be a cool story. How could it not be? Ferrari, Ford, just fucking amazing. Do you, do you, wa- do you watch uh, like the Le Mans race, like when it's when it's on and stuff? No, no, I'm not. I'm not at that level of uh, twenty-four fandom. hours. Right, yeah. Yeah, I don't, you know, yeah, so I don't... That's from commitment. But yeah, I've never, and to be honest with you, I must be honest, I don't even, I wouldn't even be able to name one driver. I'm just, do you, I'm just... Do you, but do you watch Formula fan. One? Do you, do you watch Formula yeah, One? Yeah, yeah, I will. I won't, if I'm in, I won't, I'm not one of these, like, so my uncle will be like, no, I'm not having lunch at this time because I want to watch Lewis Hamilton go fast. I'll have a roast chicken, mate, chill out, and then I'll go back <laughs> to the to the race, but that's where I am with this. Okay. Um, cool. Thanks. Uh, cut. Thanks. I wasn't Lee. aware of uh, the story as such. I, mean, I knew Carol Shelby was, but uh, Ken Miles, I've never heard of until this film came out. I mean, I don't watch Top Gear. I know there's been a bit about it on there, but I, I no longer watch Top Gear. Um, ever since I was once off sick for two weeks and watched nothing but Top Gear on Dave, and I've never watched it since. <laughs> um, <laughs> but no, I wasn't aware of Ken Miles. When you announced this film, I was a bit like, because oh, I'm not a petrol head at all. Uh, as I just said, I drive a Citroen C3. <laughs> Um, I forgot where I was now, sorry. Um, no, I wasn't aware. I wasn't aware of Ken Miles and I wasn't aware of the story as such, no. Because you said you weren't really looking forward to watching it. Is that right? This, well, this is not a... I wouldn't have chosen to watch this as such. Um, 
because I had no expectation of this film, it was actually enjoyable. I, I liked it because, you know, when you, you have no expectations of anything and then you, you watch something kind of out of the blue and, yeah, I enjoyed yeah. it. It was a good film. I liked it. And you resonated with the old style masculinity. You're goddamn right. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you now, Andy, that I, I, I watched it at the right time because, because um, it's a it's a film that's this, that's fun. It's fun, and it's yeah. And I think I was having a shitty day or a shitty week, and yeah. you know, it's it's if it's, it's so sort of light and breezy, you know, to kind of like the tone of it, to the sort of um, you know, um, and you know, so I I can't was trep, you know, I I was sort of hesitant to watch it because it was two and a half hours but those two and a half hours sort of flew by i'm not sure how you guys feel but it, it no, felt, didn't, didn't feel it's kind of two and, half hours. two and a half hours man wow wow that's amazing i wouldn't have if you would have said how long is the film i would have said 100 100 110 maybe max i mean i had to watch it in two sittings because that is just my life at the minute but um but yeah i, I think I, I think i watched probably 90 minutes the first time and then the last hour uh, the day after so yeah i think i think it was it's really you know as far as sort of like a good time uh, you'd recommend i would recommend it to someone who who just wants to sort of switch their brain off and just wants to sort of go along for the ride and you know and it's fun and um um yeah no i was, I was really pleased that you picked this film actually because um holy shit choice. thank you very much it's no masterpiece but it, it, it is it's just fun yeah, exactly. I was trying to think of like a really cool thing to say on this pod, and I would call I would I call it solid cinema. I'll leave you with that. Solid cinema, nice. Uh, Dave has been very quiet uh, so far, so because uh, I know you're a fan of Rush, right? Yeah. Have you I seen Senna? Don't nod. <laughs> have you Have you seen Senna? Yeah, I nodded and said something. So. That's fine. I didn't just. Oh, it. Larry, Larry. This is like Ford versus Ferrari already. We were back in the boardroom. Chill out. Uh, Dave, so have you seen Senna or not? I don't think so, no. Did you watch this film? I think it's unfair to compare this film to Rush because it's, it's different. Like, well said. Like, a just as a movie, I think Rush is so much better. Just like The Godfather is so much better than this film. You know, it's just. I think it's such a different film. So I I think the story is more interesting than the film. I quite like the story, but I could have been told the story in 90 seconds, I guess. So I I didn't enjoy this film at all. And I felt like the two and a half hours did actually drag. I'm sorry. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Like Bale, Bale, I thought Bale was brilliant and I thought Matt Damon was mediocre at best and it's just it's just i didn't care like right i didn't care i don't know i'm contradicting myself if i compare it to rush i cared so much about both of them too it was just one man sharpens each other iron sharpens iron i just loved rush i was close to tears watching rush when they saluted each other but for me this film was just dull it was dull it really it felt like four hours to me Rush is about a person versus a person and they're polar opposites of each other in who they are. Whereas this is mm. about corporation versus corporation. So I understand that, yeah, why you wouldn't give a shit about Ford and Ferrari 
but yeah, I, I mean, I agree. Rush, I preferred Rush as a film. Rush is a great film. Yeah, it's, it just seems almost unfair to compare them. To me, it seems unfair because, like you say, the contradictory characters. I thought Matt Damon was amazing. It's so interesting watching watching them against each other in the seventies. One is the scientist, so one is the playboy. I just loved it. <laughs> and and he's triggered. <laughs> I cannot believe you thought Matt Damon was was mediocre. Yeah, he well, excels I, I, at this shit. A man, a man of passion and integrity, who's slightly like, oh, I shouldn't be doing that, and bang. I thought he tied it all together in his lovely cowboy hat. It was his his, his performance was slightly more interesting than that one about oil fields with George Clooney. What's that one? Oh, oh my god! Oh, Syriana. Syriana. George Clooney. The Syriana film. His character was. Just as dull as in Syriana. I'm sorry. Right. It, it'll never be Ocean's Thirteen. I appreciate that, but it, it was good. Um, I, can I just say that? Can I just say going back to Rush and I get who has seen Senna here? Then no, not seen it. Yeah, yeah Andy seen Senna, right? Yeah. The, the thing it's is, it's amazing, with, but I've never got around to watching it because I'm, I'm not into <clears> the it's amazing. Yeah. We with both with both Senna and Rush, there's sort of like a you know, I was sort of watching it feeling slightly uncomfortable because, you know, it's so intense. You're, yeah. you're from the beginning, you're aware of sort of the dangers that these people have. And, and that's what I was sort of preparing myself for when watching Ford, Ford v Ferrari, that it would be, you know, is this person going to survive? Is, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But I, what I sort of welcomed was the, you know is not being sort of aware of that you know it was it was um it kind of it got rid of all that intensity and it was just sort of a like a nice sort of breezy film and um as much as I love Senna and um Rush I kind of I liked that departure of intensity I guess you know is is Senna a documentary yeah it's not like it's not active yeah, it's not like a bio, biopic or anything is it it's no a it's a documentary yeah yeah. yeah, so in my... They're all so different. All three films are so different, then, I guess. I think it's weird that we shouldn't make the comparisons. Sen is very similar to Rush because, um, because it, there's About two it. rivals. There, there's, two, there's two rivals and they're, they're always sort of on edge of who's going to survive, whether they're going to survive or not by the end of the race, you know. So Dave, I guess I guess you think this is a, a motor racing film that gets stuck in first gear then. <laughs> <laughs> See, I just think I think it's wrong to compare it to Senna and I think it's wrong to Absolutely. compare it to Rush. The only film that we could compare it to is Le Mans with um Wow Steve McQueen. What is his name? Yeah, Steve, Steve McQueen. McQueen. Gosh. Have you seen That's that? the only film we could compare it to? No. But I, that's because watching this made me really, really want to watch that. Well, don't you want to compare it to Days of Thunder? <laughs> <laughs> no, not a fan. Well, like I did like the joke in Days of Thunder when he's going, he's just going in for some minor brain surgery, and then Tom Cruise, no, the other dude says, "Well, any brain surgery on his brain would be minor." I do like that joke. That was the only thing I can. I can't believe you didn't like this film, Dave. It's, it's so fucking good. It's basically right. All this film is, you just got to sit down and enjoy yourself. It's a nice film about two old boys from the lovely world of racing. 
uh, in nice shiny cars and the acting is too bloody herb. The villain is a boo hiss pantomime villain that you wanna you wanna. So who's the, who the villain? Oh the yeah. So I who's the villain? Patrick Bateman just gets his mate in to is who hasn't been anything for twenty years. Patrick Bateman. <laughs> a Josh Josh Lucas, right? That's his that name, is Josh that's Lucas. his mate. That's Halberstrand from American Psycho, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So I, I haven't seen that's him the villain. anything. For 20 years and he pops up in this it must have been he must have begged christian bell please i'm on the dole i've got no money please have me be in this film <laughs> honestly that's that was what happened <laughs> he was in the hulk if i was him i'd let you in my film well, he's just helping a mate out i know this is this but... is ridiculous i can't believe this is making the the the, the bloody podcast that some that's actors true. on the doll, and that's the only reason he's in the film, and that's one of the reasons you hate the film. That's insane. Honestly, it's kind of almost bordering on nepotism for me. This film, honestly, it's that's outrageous. Insane. You're you're basically Ken Ken Miles. You're 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 the impulsive, grumpy guy on this podcast. You're going to get talking there. in this. How come you're not? Talking I can't believe this. <laughs> that's the other thing. Actually, I'm not sure. Not on the accents in this film. Like I'm pretty sure he started in Birmingham and at one point went to Delhi and then came back and like ended up in West Brom football ground. I'm, I'm not glad. Sure. I'm, I'm I'm glad an English actor did. Could you imagine an American actor trying to do the sort of Midlands accent like that? <coughs> like Josh Josh Hart. Yeah, hey, you want Shilton? Yeah. Hey, how fast are you gonna go? To be honest, the opening scene, I was like, oh dear, what's going on here with this accent? But after that, yeah. I forgot about. To be honest, I forgot about it after that. Um, I just right. the see. I was a bit like, oh, because I mean, the Bromley accent's not the best of accents at all, is it really? Oh dear, it's the most annoying accent. Uh, sorry, everyone. Um, but <laughs> after that, I forgot about it. But I just wanted to go back to what you were saying about Josh Lucas, um, the the villain as such. That was the letdown for me. Um, it was too not too cheesy. It was too pantomime. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I he agree. Had no reason to be such yeah. that, that much of a dick, did he? Really? <laughs> yeah. Why? Yeah. Why did he care so much? We haven't we haven't done research on whether that actually happened or not. But <clears throat> you know that could have happened. That could they could have been possibly. Yeah. So I'm not so chef. I'm not going to say names here. But when I was watching it with Jen, I said. God, that's just like. And then I named a man that I used to work with in a in a bank. Now I'm not going to say who that person is, but all I'm going to say to you guys out there, if you're listening, is we all know some proper douchebags in the corporate <laughs> world who just who just they're so douchemania. It's insane. Like the WWE belt of douchemania. Like they're out there every day. They wake up and they just douche it up to the max. So that, it's that, not that. beyond reason that there is someone like that. That outcome at the end, where he made all three uh, cars go through the go past the finish line, well, that must be spoiler. that. Yeah, sorry, spoiler. So we should say beginning. Should this is spoilers from the beginning. Yeah, yeah we'll put a, we'll put, put a, a spoiler. I can re yeah. record the spoilers for this film that came out two years ago. But yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well done for all of you who made it through the last eight minutes. But. But that, yeah, gotcha. that ending, you know, when they all, they, I'm sure that must have happened in real life. So the fact is that we're saying, no, we oh, you know, this is what happened, yeah. Yeah. So I'm sure that possibly it might be 
Josh Josh Lucas's character might be representing a whole committee of of people, but uh, it probably is. Yeah, he's basically just the smorgasbord, a uh, one individual to convey the corruptness and gettiness yeah. of the of the Ford Motor uh, Company. And if you want to get anyone to do that, you might as well hire Josh Lucas, right? Because he's got yeah, you very... might as well just help your mate out who's on the dole. Do <laughs> do him a favor, and then not give the whole film one star. Because he's kind, because he's a kind man. Goodness me. Well, Dave will be sad because Josh Lucas's next film is The Forever Purge. So he's going to ruin your favourite <laughs> franchise. <laughs> oh, mate. By the way, we need to... Someone choose The Purge because that is the greatest. Apart from Star Wars, that's well up there. <laughs> have you, Andy, have you seen all Purge films? Mate, I was the original Purge viewer on this group. It is insane. So, like, have you seen when we four? were looking at... Yeah, I, I got mate. When um when we got our electric garage, I purposely got the type of garage I got because it's like when the and then the garage like the gates are fucking Mordor closing. It's insane. My entire house is set up in case the Purge Five comes to Jersey. I love the idea of locking down my house like that and just getting a candle, playing cards, and drinking a bottle yeah. of rum. Just you could do that. You could do that without a purge, mate. <laughs> no, nah, it's not the same. I just, I love the idea of the carnage, just the carnage going on outside, and I just, I'm just playing cards, wanking in the dark. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I'm going to do a purge. <laughs> that is our right. <laughs> That's a good purge. <laughs> <laughs> turn, turn off our zooms first. <laughs> Sorry, right, right, right. Um, so we discussed the accents. Um, so who do you think sort of comes off better, Matt Damon or Christian Bale out of this? Christian Bale, yeah, has that. Yeah, he's got a bigger role, hasn't he? I'm saying Matt Damon all the way, but the one standout uh, actor, actress, is the uh, Catriona Balfe who played Miles' wife, Molly. I She's thought she Irish. was superb in this. She, honestly, man, I thought she was absolutely superb. I'd never seen her before until no. this film. She's in a TV show called Outlander. Outlander? She, she was by far the standout. I'm going to sort of uh, uh, segue the conversation to me saying that I think Matt Damon is one of the most versatile actors working today. Right, get, end, ends the podcast there. Well done, 10 out of 10. He's amazing. I, you know, I, I mean... No, Tony Taylor took on a load of Chinese dogs from the China Wall. It was insane. Yeah, yeah. But I and think, then he went to uh, Mars and got home on a hot air balloon. And then he was in Vegas three times with George... He's fucking amazing. Yeah, I, I mean, look, I'll read out... I remember that in the early 2000s, he did these really sort of diverse roles. Then he became the American James Bond. Let's not forget that. What? Yeah, man. Bourne. Jason Bourne. Oh yeah, exactly. So. Oh yeah, what the biggest one of the biggest grossing. <laughs> oh my goodness, man. Yeah, like the talent is Mr. Ripley as well. These so many different roles. Yeah, so that's the thing. So the first Bourne, that was released in two thousand two. Two thousand and two. And then the year before that was Ocean's Eleven. And the character he sort of plays in Ocean's Eleven is a sort of 
this sort of kid who's a bit out of place to sort of you know fresh face wants to wants to impress and and it's completely it's a completely different it's a complete contrast to who he plays in Bourne and then I think that was his evolution he kind of was going away from having curtains to having a shorter haircut that's what it was <laughs> he like went from having the blonde goodwill hunting hair. he might have to do with his haircut because uh it's got everything to do with his haircut, mate. He did he did behind the can- candelabra in the same year he did Elysium. So I'm saying there's not many actors that can sort of have that sort of range, and you don't sort of blink, you don't even blink twice when you just think, well, that's Matt Damon, and you can sort of accept him being in either of these roles. He's amazing. Interstellar, <laughs> Saving Private Ryan. Elysium, The Great Wall, The Talented Mr. Ripley, Good Will Hunting, The Marsh. He's amazing. Give that man an Oscar every year. I love Elysium. That's, I, I love that film. I think it's great. He's amazing. Yeah. He was amazing really? in this film. It? Yeah, I loved it, yeah. I've not seen that. What's it's better, like, Elysium or Oblivion? Uh, Oblivion's not great. Yeah, Elysium's better. Um, it's, it's not as good as District 9. What's better? Well, yeah, it's what I'm saying. What's better, District 9 or yeah, Elysium? District 9's better, yeah. District 9's way better. Uh, I agree, I think. But this seems, this seems not that bad. Elysium was one of those films that I didn't know anything about. I just watched it, not expecting anything, no hype, and you know, you're pleasantly surprised. Whereas if you hype something up too much and you watch it, you, you can only be disappointed, can't you? Exactly. That's um, what she said. So going to Christian Bale, who is there a performance that you know, apart from the obvious ones that you think uh, are sort of underrated that doesn't get talked about? Equilibrium. <laughs> Equilibrium. He's actually very good in Equilibrium. He's absolutely brilliant in Equilibrium. When he pulls down, the, when he's up his win- against his window, pulling down the sort of sheet to reveal the sunset, it, it's just, I love that scene. It's incredible. Mowgli. Are we- I wish they'd committed to having no I've not seen acting. That. <laughs> like, they didn't need anyone else to act. He plays Shere Khan, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah. Why? That's all we, that's what we should be reviewing. That was... I didn't watch that film, because I watched the Jungle Book, like, the year before, and I was like, I don't need to see this other version of it. It's like um, Volcano and uh, Dante's Peak and whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, no, you're not doing this. <laughs> this is um uh, and Baloo is sort of played by Andy Circus and he is a cockney Baloo. Yeah, and he talks like that. Oh, I'm Baloo. You're all right. Yeah, that that sort of. Who was uh, the original Baloo? It's like a jazz jazz singer or something, wasn't he? No, King Louis was a jazz singer. Uh, oh, that's right. I forgot Sorry, his name. Yeah, yeah. So, by the way, Ford versus Ferrari got a ninety-eight percent score on Rotten Tomatoes. I'm just saying, yeah, it didn't. It got ninety-two. Matt, I've got it right in front of me. 98%. It says audience score 98, tomato meter 92. Yeah, that's who cares about the audience score. See, that's 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 the thing. That's where we massively differ, I think, all of all of you guys and me, because I I am the audience. I think you guys come in as critics and you need to chill out and just appreciate that you're not in Iran or in Syria and being bombed on. You're just lovely in front of your TVs. Having a lovely time. <laughs> Life is lovely. And Can it's amazing get films. Let's bit, just oh, point out, right? Here we go. Here we go. Shut up, man. You've got to take both 
and like do an aggregate from both really. But there's a great. I mean, I usually go with a. Oh, Mark Lamar. I, <laughs> I usually go with a reviewer score because the audience score, um, which kind of I think was proven with uh, um, the Last Jedi, that they will be bitter over trivial things. Okay, so. And there's a great quote from okay. Noel Gallagher who says the general public are morons, which I live by that quote. Having de- I deal with, with my job, I deal with the public. Is that a great day. quote? It is. The general public are idiots, man. Come on, you know this. <laughs> Look at election results all the time. They're well, idiots, the thing man. is, is that with, 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 an audience, with an audience score, you, what you could tell is they'll probably either say they hate something or they'll say they love something. They will never be sort of in between. They'll never sort of give a measured response to things. That's the thing. I don't. That's why I don't like about Ron Smarts is it's either ridiculously high or ridiculously low. And on IMD, it's like a seven. Yeah. But on Ron Smarts, it's a ninety-eight or a thirty-one. Yeah. And I, I just, I just, I want yeah. want something that's in between because IMD is for people that watch a film on a Saturday on Sky and they go, yeah, it was all right. I wasn't really concentrating. It was on my phone. Seven out of ten. When they might have missed something, you know. And it's just the bottom. I think you literally just have your friends that you you know, and you 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 just go, well, I trust that person when it comes to their taste in films, and that is the only people worth listening to. I think any anything else, or or a reviewer on television that you go, oh wow, our, our, we have similar taste. That's who I listen to. Because remember, remember movie. Which which, which friend do you? Which friend do you trust the most in his opinion in films? Um, Stuart Whittingham. <laughs> do you remember Movie would Watch you... with Johnny Fong? Yeah. Do you guys yeah. remember that? And, yeah, they, yeah, yeah. and at the start of it, they would say... That was good, yeah, yeah. These are my favourite films. So you kind of, you'd kind of go, Ooh. that guy says my favourite film is Reservoir Dog, Pulp Fiction, and Leon. I'd be like, wow, I'm listening to this person. You know, it's just, it is really interesting. And... I just think Rotten Tomatoes kind of just goes crazy in either direction. It always goes too far either way. All I'm saying is it's a very, very, very well-liked film. So Which, I'm, I'm film? hoping, Dave, nah, just this other film. Do you, did, you, did your relative make this film? Why are you pimping so much? <laughs> I just can't believe how much you're slagging off Matt Damon. It's unbelievable. Like, <laughs> he's such a nice guy as well in real life. Like, honestly, man. Right, uh- I've got some questions when you're done, man. No, no, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, because I could talk about Matt Damon all night. Before I watched the film, I wrote down some things that I wanted to keep an eye on while I was watching the film. One of them was the score, because I'm notoriously bad for just ignoring scores in films, okay? So I thought, right, mm-hmm. I'll keep a listen out for this one. Um, and I, after about half an hour, I was like, is there a score in this film? There is a score. There's a really good score. But it was, like, quite low in the mix. Chick-a-choo, chick-a-choo, chick-a-choo. This is what threw me from threw me out of the film as such. Okay, so the film is set in 65, 66. For me, the music was very much kind of Creedence Clearwater Revival esque, the guitar and, and everything, which was late 60s, late early 60s, 70s. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, wait, why have they chosen this kind of music, which is five years later or so? Yeah, because it feels, uh, you're, yeah, you're spot on. It feels like almost like 71, 70, yeah, the yeah, Eagles, yeah, shit yeah. like that, man. Yeah, I agree. Right, interesting. The score was quite often masked by the the engine sounds, which uh, Nunes has got a boner about. <laughs> I don't know, I just felt it was quite, it was minimalist. It was like in the background. Did you like the soundtrack then, Shafi? Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, it, it sort of fit the tone. 
okay, regardless of whether it, it's sort of um, historically correct or sort of falls in line with sort of the era, I think it still sort of fits a, the tone of, of, the film, of the film. It's sort of light, breezy, fun. And I would say actually the, the, down, the sort of downside of this film, I think, is just the fact that it has that, um, it has that, okay, so spoilers here, it, has, it shows the, the, the death of Ken Miles and, um, and that, that feels like, because it was such a fun film, it's a quite an odd beat to end the film on. And also yeah. they sort of brush past it quite lightly as well. Would you prefer, like in Rush, where there was some blurred text at the end saying, you know, James Hunt died from this so many years later, or...? I normally hate that. I normally hate that in, in biopics. I normally, that really sort of annoys... Well, actually, it, it normally be more in Unbreakable, but let's not go into that. Say, but... it's, it's all right in biopics, but in Unbreakable is such a sellout, isn't it? God. Um, <sighs> but, I, you know, I, I actually probably would have preferred that at the end, is just to see is to sort of kind of, you know, we, because that, to be honest, it's sort of, a, in a way, it's sort of irrelevant as well, because this is all about this particular Lamar race. So, um, can I just say something? Like, I think yeah. in a fake film, like Unbreakable, to finish like that is is such a cop-out and such a seller. But I don't, I don't get your problem with it in a biopic. I think that's fine. You know, these people, you kind of, Sometimes it will just show a segment or something. Are you like. saying you didn't need to see it visually? You could have. It could have just been like, you know. The, as I end. said, I normally hate. I normally, I normally hate that in biopics. And the reason why answering Dave's question is because it's so. I'm not. I'm watching a film. I'm not reading a Wikipedia entry. You know, it's mm. show don't tell. You know, so I don't. I don't want to. You know. I, I, you know. Some. But then again, there are some. You know amazing films that have had that at, at the end uh, for me i think the reason he did it was that he wanted to show um carol shelby at the end being all stoic in his car and just like staring which is how the film opens did you notice that that same scene that same kind of shot was you yeah. at the very beginning but just very quickly going on biopics i mean i know what our three answers will be but this is for andy because he Oh my God. Still more than um... life itself. <laughs> it's so, so good. How would you compare this then to to Walk the Line, which is another James Mangold film? For me, obviously, a biopic. Um, Johnny Cash. That's. Can I you ask me another film. question about a film I've seen, please? <laughs> 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 I thought what, you were going to say that. I thought you were going to say. Ask me honestly. Ask me another question, but let, <laughs> I've got to at least have seen the film. <laughs> right here we go. Let's talk about Logan because that. <laughs> Ed, 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 that was a good question, Carl, but I'm so sorry. I don't know what, what... Are you talking about the 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 ITV series that Jen's watching upstairs now about the police? Or is that line, no, under, no, two, was two, the... line under fire? Or what the hell is going on? <laughs> it was the Johnny Cash biopic with uh, Joaquin Phoenix and uh, Reese Witherspoon. Nah, I've seen The Joker. By... I can talk about that. All right. Directed by James Mangold. Uh, I like the way... This, yeah. I just, can I just... I like the way you pronounce Joaquin uh, Phoenix's name. Joaquin. Whacking Phoenix. Whacking, whack out. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's question, I, I preferred the uh, Ford versus Ferrari. Yeah. Well, you should watch what the line is. Great film. All right, I, I will. I will. I'll do it. Sorry, I'll do it tomorrow. Can we talk about Logan? Let, well, quickly before we do, let's just talk about the Wolverine. Um, I hated that film, so that's that done. <laughs> 
Fade out, music up. <laughs> I didn't think it was that bad up until the last 20 minutes or something when it all sort of fell apart. How many Wolverine films have there been? Three or two? Three. Well, there's three, isn't there? Yeah. I will say this. Hugh, Hugh Jackman is the most talented artist on the planet. And there's no denying that. He's such Even, a nice guy. Honestly. Well, well this, is in, with, this is in, uh, Matt Damon. This nah, is interesting. Matt Damon this is, this can't is, sing or dance. This is very interesting. You brought up um, Hugh Jackman. So Thank you. When, this, when I first saw this film announced, or saw the trailer for V Ferrari, I thought... So Christian Bale was announced to play Enzo Ferrari in a biopic directed by Michael Mann. So then when I saw that, I was like, oh, well, this isn't actually the, like, is that the same film that they were developing? But then mm. it actually, but actually it's a completely different film. And who actually took over uh, that role is, um, who Mr. actually Jackman. took over that role for, yeah, is, is so Hugh Jackman will play Enzo Ferrari in a biopic. Why don't we get an Italian person to do it? I don't get that. So I'm, I'm quite amazed none of you have raised this because this, this is the one bit where I think the film gets completely lost and it tries to, tries to make something out of this and it doesn't work. So I'm just going to read you a quote from the film and then I'm just going to discuss this for 20 seconds. So the quote is this, and it's said by Shelby. He goes... There's a point at 7,000 RPM where everything fades. The machine becomes weightless. It just disappears. All that's left, a body moving through space and time. 7,000 RPM, that's where you meet it. You feel it coming. It creeps up near you and it asks you a question. The only question that really matters, who are you? And throughout the film, there's just this sprinkling of 7,000 RPM and this like racing meets zen. And I don't think that worked. They just didn't, it didn't work. I get what they're trying to do. But for me, that it, it just was like it went from this like fun, entertaining films to trying to make this like mad point between like man, machine, and the mind. And would I you pref- would you have preferred it to be more existential, or would you have been? Yeah. Or would you you would have preferred it? To be yeah, more- I would have. Yeah, because I I actually I, I know what that means. When this is going to sound ridiculous, but when I get up to about 80, 90 on the bike, you your head you're clear completely. And it is, it's, it is a form of meditation. I know that's insane, but everything... Where do you, the, you do race... on a bike? Well, I can't say on this, but in, on, on the autobahn. Um, but something does happen to you. And if you, if you ask any of the TT racers in the... Uh, or any race, it doesn't matter. Like, something does happen to you. And that wasn't... They tried to explore it. And I think they missed the mar- mark by miles. Yeah, I no, think they tried to make that it. Was all. They made that that rings a bell now, and, and they made too big a deal out of it. Everyone would get it. Yeah, it's like they're they're just living in a different world. No one, no, only a very small percentage of people drive like that. Yeah, like, like being they can't they can't pilot. go from that to then he goes to the grocery store to buy some muffins, and they end up having the best fucking Royal Rumble of all time in yeah. the front yard. Yeah. And then Molly comes was, out. I like that. Funny boys. That was actually my favorite scene in the whole film. Was that? No, but that was the best the best scene out of the whole movie. Because it was just light and funny, and that's what this whole film was meant good. to be about. I really, really enjoyed that scene. A, a question that um, that and a, a question that Andy's brought up in a, in a brief, briefing point is: What is the funniest 
fight scene uh, you've seen? Well, that on the grass, it doesn't get any funnier than that. Come on, I, I think Dave and I, I think the the uh, the florist Dave, Dave and I to sort of uh, pick our best uh, funny fight scene. What would you say? I don't Dave? know. It's it's not fair if we, if we're like choosing a proper kung fu film that it's trying to learn. Yeah, why not? Kung fu. Why not? It makes you laugh, man. Oh, I don't know, but that's yeah. I, that's the sole purpose of these films. It's like what about Anchorman? <laughs> yeah, that's not bad. Not bad. What I about what about uh, like... what about Airplane when he's when he's sort of making his way through the airport and uh, everyone's sort of stopping him? <laughs> and he does all these sort of different moves. Yeah. <laughs> God, what about Happy Gilmore when he batters that old bloke? Right, well, quickly, um, James Mangold is going to be directing the new Indiana Jones film. So based on this, what do you think that film will be any good? Or This is the wrong film to sort of judge, like, how good he would be. And I think yeah, uh, there are sort of, there are two, there, there are two films that in his filmography that you would say that he's competent enough. There's one called 310 to you, maybe 310. 10 from you or 310 to you have, you have you guys seen that no it's been on my list for a while but never seen it it's brilliant it's i was really really because i wasn't like kyle's point earlier i had no expectations and i was really really pleased with it it doesn't quite make sense but i do i really really like the 310 to you so that and, and a film that he did um with tom cruise and cameron diaz called night and day and that's sort of like a I mean, you know, the film's not very good, quite forgettable, but it has that tone, that sort of fun, sort of breezy tone with lots of sort of slick action scenes. So I think he's competent enough to do it. I've seen that film and I can't remember anything about it, so you're right about it being famous. Yeah, I can't remember. I quite like the scene in the, in the plane. I, I have to confess, I like that scene in the plane. Yeah. I just like the way it's shot. That's it for me with this, if you want to do scores. Let's go around then. So, Dave, you go first. Four out of ten. Four out of ten, okay. Andy? 7.5 for me, chaps. Sorry you didn't enjoy it and I wasted your time. <laughs> uh, I'd have probably given it seven, but given that Andy loves this film and gave it 7.5, I'm going to have to give it less, so I'd probably give it 6.5. Ooh, cheeky. Yeah. I liked it, but yeah, 6.5. If someone said to me, should I watch this film? I'd say, yeah. 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 If you're not doing anything else, why not? I'd say if no. If you're not doing anything else. You'd just say no. <laughs> You'd just say no. <laughs> I'd say paint, paint a wall and then watch it dry. Oh, chill out. That's You'd rather paint the wall than watch Ford versus Ferrari. Bullshit, motherfucker. Well, watch, watch paint the wall and then watch Ford versus Ferrari while it dries. I can't believe this 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 is being slagged off this much. I'm I'm really upset actually. I thought you guys would enjoy this. I I give it seven out of ten. I enjoyed it. Yes, Shafi. Good. Positive vibes. And what did you give it, Dave? Four. Four out of ten. He said five originally, now it's gone down to four. I don't know what happened in the five minutes that Oh, because you give him Assassin's Creed and Hitman nine and a half. Ah. <laughs> Goodness oh, gracious. No, me. actually, okay, I'm sorry. I, 
five out of ten is fair. Five out of ten is fair. Five out. Okay, so that those are our scores. Um, so the next in the rotor is is Dave. So, Dave, apparently you have chosen the the next film for us to watch. So, let's have a drum roll. I'm gonna I'm gonna choose this film, and I'm gonna go with Shafi has probably seen it once a long time ago, and Carl and Andy haven't. So I'm going with this film just selfishly because I want to discuss it with people. Drum roll, please. Uh, I am going with Blood Simple. Blood Simple. Blood Simple. Kyle, have you seen that? I've never heard of it, mate. So never heard of it. Is it on a platform that we can watch it? Yeah, that's the problem. It might be difficult. Have you got it on VHS and you can just circulate it by Royal Mail? Let me check if it's on Amazon Prime. One minute. Let me. Blood Simple. You can rent it from Amazon. It is um, £3.49. Thanks for listening, everyone. Um, and thanks uh, to uh, Kyle um, for, for, for sort, sorting this recording out. Um, Andy, any sort of last uh, words? I'm sorry I wasted all of your time. Dave? Uh, hopefully the films will be better going forward. <laughs> uh kyle anything you want to say before we uh this has been who dropped the popcorn although uh, you should say that you've been listening to the who dropped the popcorn podcast thanks for listening guys 